0: Okay, here we go. The Planet Mikey Show. Shoot. He's about
1: to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch your radio dial. The Planet Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and last
2: goats.
1: <laughs> I'd like to thank our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service. When you want something expensive thrown on your porch and stolen, you want the U.S. Postal Service. <laughs> Welcome to the Planet Mikey Show.
0: I love when you use, uh... You know, South Park sound bites. That's not South Park. Straighten them out, Ben. He's <laughs> a Family Guy. Yeah, no shit. I've Jeez. seen every episode. All right, so Ben Kitchen, God. Bill Smith, yeah. Mikey Adams here. We have special guests today. Yeah, I, and I can't believe we, we booked him. You I know, can't believe we have, finally got
1: him. They always have those phony sound effects of uh, yeah. the, the audience. You know, yeah, we should have done that. Give him round of applause. We
0: want to thank <sighs> Will Smith for being here tonight. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So why did you go with the open hand?
0: Yeah, Will, why did you go with the open hand on Chris Rock? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't it's, want to say. Eric Evangelista's here. And he, Eric, by the way, just for those of you who don't know,
2: I've known this guy 30 years. Wow. Has it been 30 years? It's been 30. Yeah. 92? In, in May. May will be 30 years. Wow. 30 years until If you
1: had a child 30. together, you'd have a 30-year-old son right now or a daughter. How do you know we don't? Well, you know, there it is. <laughs> Biology. <laughs> well, in fact, let's bring Nedley out here right now.
0: <laughs> Come How on, Nedley. Dare you. Eric Evangelista was uh, the producer. Well, first of all, let me just tell you what he does now, and um, we can backtrack a little bit. Go ahead. Eric is uh, the founder, the president, the originator of Hot Snakes Media. Now, well, that sounds like a porn outfit. It is not. That's right. He's also known as, to his crew, as El Jefe. Which is, of course, south of the border means the boss of Hot Snakes Media. Now, what does Hot Snakes Media do? Well, only $100 million worth of uh, of business on, on cable networks uh, of programming produced and created by you. Right. Happy Salesforce right there. That's uh, it's good news. You created all that.
2: I create reality television shows.
0: You know what you should do? Go to hotsnakesmedia.com because there's a whole page oh, of stuff sure. that he's done. You have... You, did you say 11 different series that
2: have been? No, more than that. Well, I mean, right now we have uh, like six series on on that you could watch uh, that are going on now. On TV. But, I mean, there's been a lot that we've done. You know, look, since... But i learned... M- most of what I've done, I learned starting with you, Mike Adams. <laughs> you you know, talking. back in 1992. That's when I started. Oh, and that was no. like the best seen. experience you could get was working with Mike Adams, who is... You know, I've been working in television for 30 years... The and I I don't say this just because he's here. The most talented person I've ever worked with is Mike, and I know a lot of people say that. A lot of people, well, you know, a lot of people say that, like, oh, to be fair, he doesn't remember the last 29 years of his (laughs) life, just to be fair. (laughs) No, you know, there's a lot of guys, whenever you hear people talk about Mike, and, and I've been working in TV a long time, and I don't want to sound like a douchebag, but I work at like not just in Boston, but like on a national level. You were at ABC News for five years. I was at ABC News, yeah. and, and I worked Discovery and Netflix and a lot of... yeah. But you hear a lot of people talk about Mike in Boston, and they're always like, well, if Mike was...
1: <laughs> if, if What do they if, always say? It always right? starts was, with if. Well, they
2: always say, yeah, well, they do, but they're wrong. Because they always say, like, well, if, if, if Mike was just more prepared... Right. And I, do remember, I was like mutt, doesn't it? Well, the <laughs> that, reality, the real answer is if you're better looking... You would have gone much further. Yeah, there you go. So that's that's and the was, real truth. There was Reza Bono who worked with us. Reza, I remember her. You with remember the, yeah. her? Yeah. Did she pr- produce? Uh, People are talking she or something? A, Wasn't a, that her a show? pigtail.
1: She worked at Channel Seven as a producer, and she was the boss.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. she came in to work with us, yeah. and she was yeah quite the. But she used to
1: talk like this. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Mike. Mike, hey, where's your sports jacket? She had feet like Tony Franklin. Do you remember Tony <laughs> Franklin's feet? The barefoot place. Both of her out. feet yeah. were like his kicking foot. She looked, yeah, like Tony Franklin's <laughs> right. right foot. Yeah, right. That's what her feet looked like. Yeah, she was just vile. All the, all the toes May looked she... like
0: they were trying to get away from yeah. the foot. <laughs> 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 May mm-hmm. she rest
2: in peace. But however, but they always say if Mike were more prepared, yeah. he would be blah yeah. blah blah blah. He would be the yeah. greatest. But like, I'm I always wondered, like, prepared for what? What was you? What were you supposed To be prepared for at the time. I'm not quite sure, but you know, very, very talented. I've worked with some really horrible people that you would be like, you would be astounded by. Let's name some of them. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I'm not Jimmy, quite please. sure, like, what you were supposed to be prepared for, um, you know. I mean, actually doing— Unemployment. Yeah, doing sports highlights isn't exactly brain surgery, regardless no. of what, well, you know, plus, people you like— Plus, you know,
0: and I know, we, I never looked at the shit before I went out there. I just, well, you, I just grabbed the, the shot sheet and went out there because it— There's a word for this. It's called talent. Talent. Well, yes. but so being, see, the, I also had—I shirked my duty a lot. I really did. I was, I was lazy in that there were things I'd rather do than prepare for any show.
2: Had you prepared, it wouldn't have been as good. You'd I agree. It would have ruined
0: my mood, that's for sure. I agree. It, it, it would, it, 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 and
2: if you understand, like, if you, if you produce a lot of shows and if you understand, like, working with talent, like, you understand that. Like, there's some guys, or men or women, that, like, if they do prepare, they're less funny you know if you know what's coming at you it's like some some people are just better overthink the joke that you're trying to set up whereas yeah, if man. you just come off the cuff and you're natural
0: well the thing about the sports world show first of all it, it wasn't good at all until eric came aboard and started thinking creatively and and thinking like of different things so we because we had to survive by almost self uh deprecating uh, ourselves
1: because of uh, we ha- we didn't have a crew. But what an amazing ground floor training ground for learning oh, yeah. all that stuff. Oh, yeah. You got to think on your yeah. feet.
0: And the show was being Eric was running a crew of basically interns,
1: you know, and they people were... who
0: were in their last study hall before school got out at, at the end of the night. Eleven to twelve is their last hour.
1: Was Eric the guy in the booth that always had the little? Yeah. Thing, you know, go to go to break or yep. you know, put, so, get the get rid of the guest. By the <laughs> way, prior to you, you
0: there wasn't a lot of shows where they talked to the producer like we did with you all the time. We just we go to you whenever there was an issue or problem or something to talk about.
2: I met a lot of people later in my career who watched that show because it was on satellite. A lot of big producers. There was a guy I met. I worked at this place in 2008 that the producer of Deal or No Deal. I worked at this production company called Endemol and they they did like Deal or No Endomol? Deal. Endemol? Endemol, yeah. Mm, sounds they, they like did. something
0: you'd take for a hemorrhoid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and the guy in the office next to me was producing Deal or No Deal back when it was huge. Yeah, right? This is yeah. 2008. And he, we were just bullshit, and he's talking about like what shows you did when you were. And I'm like, oh, I used to work on this show, you know, Sports World, I'm, like, yeah, I'm Sports World, and that's where I started when I was 19. And, and he goes, I worked on that. I, I used to watch that show, and I tried to syndicate that show. I worked. At da, 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 I know that show, and you got, you were the guy in the booth. I was like, yeah. people watched it. Wow, yeah. People yeah. knew that show. I agree.
0: So yeah. The satellite was weird back then because you know people. You could take anything off. The, by the way, wasn't uh, Dave Foley your biggest fan? Dave, who? Dave Foley from uh, News Radio at the time. I think you told
1: you told me that a long time ago. Dave Foley. No, we had Dave Foley. Who's Dave Foley? Wasn't he the general manager on News Radio? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, Dave Foley's kids
1: in the hall. Really? Yeah. But I, mean, I don't. I don't remember that. Are you okay, Mike? He <laughs> told me no, that. No, I'm just. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> I, in you, a, in a Haze. Foley, I never I'm have sure. said
0: the word Dave Foley till today, right oh, now. So you're thinking somebody else must have talked oh, you that. Poor Dave. Uh, but the thing was, we were we were nationwide, and we had a lot of weird. We used to get letters from people. Oh, you know, Iowa. You know, they had satellite dishes. Mm-hmm. They would watch, and when they took us off the satellite, Phil Balboni's big idea put us in on the. Uh, Digital. Exclusively
2: cable. Yep. Yes.
0: Uh, people, we got some hate mails. What, what, what happened to the show? You know, so it was, but the thing is that uh, we had to uh, work out of a... We didn't know what, what we were going to do on a daily, daily basis. I mean, Eric's the only person who knew what was going on. He'd come in, he'd give me a rundown of the thing. We Okay, let's go. We'd get out there and have fun with it. But we wouldn't have had any show at all because you had nothing but interns working for you. You would just yeah. tell them what to do. They were older <laughs> than
2: me. <laughs> That's right. I got in trouble for dating an intern... <laughs> and she was twenty three. I was twenty, <laughs> and they called me in. They go, "You can't date the interns." I was like, "Well, she's twenty three. Yeah, and uh, she... <laughs> I'm twenty. I can't even drink." But she calls
0: uh, me junior, and I like yeah, that. That's right, <laughs> right,
2: yeah. But no, no, it was a great training ground for for doing that. For now, what I do is create television shows. And back then, what I did was create you know nightly write live... for Mike, and create a show every night. We create a one hour show. Now, every did, night.
0: having to do it live and getting. A deadline thing going that early in your career did that make it easier for you to achieve deadlines later in your career
2: yeah yeah i mean it's nothing you know nowadays you do a television show a reality television show and you shoot it and it takes they give you 10 to 12 weeks to cut it it's like seems like an eternity and people complain like, I can't get this. Stuff. I can't get you this. You know, rough draft of this in in four weeks. It's insane. You know, like, dude. I used to do that in like daily. Yeah, yeah. Like, daily. You gotta be able to, to do it. But anyway, no. It was a great training ground, and working with Mike was is is was a joy. Eric, no matter what you wrote, it would get delivered properly. Yeah, you know, it'd be or wrong, and we'd laugh at ourselves. Even if it wasn't funny, he'd make fun of it. Yeah. you know, and it was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, right. it was always funny. It was Eric, always tell good. us a
1: story that we've never heard about Mike Adams. No, oh, Jesus. No, are, Don't are, tell like, any of those. Those are, are other filthy no, stories. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I,
2: you know what? I didn't get They are, though. <laughs> he's right. They're <laughs> filthy. <laughs> this is a collective grin. No, nah, they're all like the ones I remember are like filthy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they
1: really are. He Mike. is Mike. Oh, my God. God he's, right. He he's right. He's right. Mike, the guy we know. is i married yeah. and he's filthy. Oh, yeah. Right, I know. I
0: know. And, and at the time, I was married to someone else. You oh, uh, All that sort of. All right. Then never mind. My first wife and I were happy for 20 years. And then we met. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm looking at uh, now the list of your shows Deaf you. tell me about that first because Deaf you
2: is, is so that's on Netflix you can watch it on Netflix it, it's uh, it's all in sign language it's a like a, a coming of it, it's won like five or six awards it's uh it's uh it's it's 20 minutes long every episode is like 20 minutes long it's all in sign language it's uh I wanted to do a show about deaf kids in, and in deaf, love yeah and they're just like hooking up and having all these problems that uh Kids in college have, mm-hmm. and it just so happens that they're everybody there is deaf. And what I did is I hired. It just
0: so happens,
2: uh, I hired the show's a
0: show called Deaf View. Everybody's
2: deaf. Well, it takes place at Gallaudet University, which is the world's largest deaf college. Yeah, and uh, I hired um, half of the crew was deaf: the cameramen, the producers, some of the editors. So it was a really cool show to do. Did you yeah. have to
1: learn sign language? Yeah, I tried, but, yeah.
2: I mean, uh, we had interpreters on set for the people who were hearing, and, and you know, so it was a really wild experience, yeah. so it was really cool. So, and again, like, I got that. I was watching TV with my wife, and there was a deaf character on this show I was watching, and I was like, this should be, like, this. It was the only interesting part of the show was these kids doing sign language, mm. so I said, let's just do a show like that, and I, I went around and pitched it, and... Uh, Netflix bought it.
0: Yeah, so, and, 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 it, cool. and it did very well. The the critics loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I know a little bit of sign language. Ready? Oh no! This, don't get me
2: in trouble though. No, this don't, is don't, don't, well, don't, no, don't. No,
0: not. Don't, I'm saying, don't, what's don't, the, What's don't, this? Don't, because like, this is work. This means work. This means eat. Mm-hmm. This means love. And what does this
1: mean? All right. <laughs> that's universal language, right? Yeah. right? Good
0: thing we haven't started the video portion. No, of
1: the I know. <laughs> what, what is the Eric? I'd like to apologize for the B A. No, because like,
0: that's this is well, how I make my living. Yeah, I, I know, and you've gonna, done it. You've you done an unbelievable do oh, job of bring it. it all down. What's yeah. the <laughs> your
2: biggest show you've created? <laughs> your last night. Uh, I created all those Amish shows, like yeah. Breaking Amish, Amish Mafia. Those are like.
0: That franchise is big,
2: huge, and I did. Those are like record-breaking, like, uh, ra- uh, ratings records. I got a how question. How many
0: seasons of the Amish you, franchise have you done I, so
2: far? Eleven seasons of Breaking wow. Amish. The want to be out in the summer. Now, when wow. a situation wow. is
1: created on those shows, like it's say the Amish Mafia, yeah, and somebody owes somebody some money, or somebody did somebody a favor, and something, how is that? How does that <laughs> that process the process evolve? Because some <laughs> of it seems real, and I wonder how much of it is. How much? Do you ever get the actor aside and say, "Listen." Uh, this is going in a good direction but maybe you might want to you might want to point out mm. the fact that he's fat. Well different shows are different. Yeah. So like a show like You is all entirely
2: real documentary. Yeah. There's a show I have called Pig Royalty that's airing now on Discovery Plus. Mm. That's all real. Totally, Amish totally real.
0: No no script and no planning just no, it just goes. No that's all
2: real. Yeah. Return to Amish, Breaking Amish that's for the most part all real. Amish Mafia is not on the air anymore. That was a little bit, you know, (laughs) I had fun with that. Um, I I love that one bad guy. He he was great. Lebanon Levi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's him. him. It was a fun show. Um, (laughs) I do a lot of wildlife shows. I do like Shark Week, Uh, I do like two of those a year. And then uh, there's a show on Discovery Plus now called Mysterious Creatures that you could watch. Jaws of Alaska? Yeah, that's a Shark Week show. The well, host of that yeah. show is great. Yeah, Forrest, now, do you get do I remember yeah. first seeing him on Rogan years ago, and I was like, oh, this have is pretty good. Have you personally ever the touched it's a shark? Really good. good. Have you ever touched a I don't week? go on Shark Week. Forrest <laughs> is my partner. He goes on Shark Week. You he's go. he's so really, really you, good. you don't have yeah, to
0: yeah. go on any of those. You don't have, have to get seasick or, or anxious about bitten by a shark or any of that crap. I don't go on those. Oh, that's no. great. I have a separate company that I That's because he's El Jefe. El
2: Jefe. El Jefe. Uh, so I, I do those. And then I do a lot of true crime shows. Um, but I do a lot of different yeah. stuff. So it's really cool. I mean, it's a blessing. It took like, but you know, after working with Mike, I left, I went to ABC News and then it took like 20 years to, you know, it's, wash it's, the stink off. No, to, just, like, <laughs> to but get you had- a break. Yeah, You know, like I can't, like it's hard to get. Ahead in the business, but now here's the mm-hmm.
0: thing, though it's yours. It's all yours, a hundred percent. It's your pro- it's your product. It's your company. It's your decisions that are making the, the, the they're making the thing successful. And you've got Christ. You, what's the list of uh, that you're on now? The, the top ten producers of uh, reality television.
2: Yeah. What is that? Where can I read about that?
0: Isn't um, it in some magazine at
2: the end of the month? But that that at the end of the month. Oh, that? Know, okay, yeah. So that's but then, then the the but the um. <laughs> But you know, like when we first started with Mike, I was making no money, right? I was producing that show for free. And then they paid me five bucks an hour on Fridays. Wow. And then
1: (laughs) those were the days. We won an Emmy
2: Award, right? We won the the station's first Emmy Award. Yeah, we
0: won two, and we won two in a row.
2: We were making, me and you, or you, were making that show 70% of the revenue. That one hour, seventy percent of the revenue for necking. for the entire New England Cable News,
0: and they treated us like shit. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> you know.
2: Imagine Phil
0: Balboni had the nerve just because I moved a twin bed into my office and and would nap there regularly. He had the nerve to corner me in the hall at NECN, not just because he's the president of the goddamn company and he thinks he's got. He says, uh, "Mike, I want that bed out of your office tomorrow." I said, "Why?" He said, "We're not running a rooming house here. This is a television network." He was a real. He had he was a, a tight news ass. Yeah.
2: Do you know what it is about news too? After you work at so many news stations, you realize like there's all this talk about you know news being fake and all that stuff. But, but like, but when you work at news places. You realize, like, how dumb a lot of the people who work in news are? Like, like all those guys, and the, the people we worked with, like, they were idiots.
1: Like, oh my God. Most of them, Even yeah. when I
2: worked at ABC News in Manhattan, like, the people I worked with, like, they weren't that bright. No. Like, I, you, you grow up, like, I grew up in Woburn. And I used to think, like, you know, I, know, I didn't know anybody in TV. My yeah. parents were from Italy. Like, I used to be like, I, I don't know anything about TV. Like, I have no idea. But when and, you get to that level, you expect a certain...
1: You know, yeah. the, the level yeah. of excellence. It, it's, you but know, you don't get it. The
2: cream yeah. of the crop. They're all, like, I, sh- I remember I got an internship at the Boston Herald, and I was like, wow, these people are going to be so smart. And I show up, and like there was like a chain gang of, like, guys. Like, just... It was just like a bunch of angry
1: <laughs> jerks. Normal people. <laughs> yeah. With <And>, talents.
2: <clears throat> and then in the newsroom, even at ABC News, like, they were just idiots. <laughs> they were just guys from the... Bronx, who were just dumb? Like I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I was so thankful that Eric was there, because I, I was working with those people not expecting them to put together the show that I had to get out there and do. Until Eric came along, I, I was like, when I knew when he got there, at least he totally got it right from the beginning, and that it's going to be a feeder system. He's going to feed me stuff to say, and it's going to make me look better, you know, and, and make the show better.
2: What happened with you—I don't mean to put you on the spot. That's all right. The stuff I like—because I listen to every podcast—the stuff I like, I don't live in Boston— And I don't get to follow the drama of behind the scenes with, like, the radio... You know what happened with you at W.E.E.I. Are we? All- are you allowed to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, oh, that? sure. I've talked Yeah, I've shit all over all. This how people. did you lose that spot? I mean, because the guy, what's his name, Mutt? Mutt, yeah, he's terrible. He sucks. I mean, I good God! To... I, how did you lose that spot? I mean, like that's Well, I insane. did it for
0: eleven years, and then Kirk yeah. Minahan came along. He became a poison pill for the whole radio station. He got mm. Mutt was his little uh, lap dog, you know, his little grundle polisher, and he he got to the point with Mutt where. He, he was convincing Mutt that Mutt could have my job if he wanted. And he started shitting on me on the radio. And, you know, I, I made enemies with uh, with Minahan. And three weeks after I headed out with Minahan in the hallway, uh, I said something about how I said, you know, you're an asshole and nobody likes you. <laughs> and he said... I'm pretty sure my kids like me. And I said, give him time. And he hated me for that. And, and he, the next day, he started shitting Jesus on me on the Christ. air. And then three weeks later, I was fired. Because he had a little bit of, you know, some ratings. In the morning, he had some power. But that was the end of that, my run there at EEI. Uh, at but, you know, it, it's a small-time thing, you know. And I I'd, I'd had a good run. I had 11 years there. And uh, much screwed me, you know. And so did Minahan.
2: But it, that happens in radio. I never you know, understood, though. But, like, when you listen to that... What was it the shift is what? Seven to eleven, something like that. Six to ten, yeah. Six to ten. There used to be before you it was Ted Sarandis. Yes. Right? Now he's he was terrible. What (laughs) what what is it that allows somebody like that longevity in that role? Okay, because he adds nothing, Ted Sarandis. Mutt adds nothing in that role. Like, what is it that Uh, What is the appeal in this market of, I never understood that. I grew up here. Yeah. And I spent 29 years here as a rabid sports fan. I know as much about sports as anybody else. Right. and, And from Woburn, I'm not some like, you know, I get it. Yeah. I worked in sport. I get it. Ted Sarandis is terrible, or well, was. Terrible. I think a
0: lot of times in that slot, what, what is it? they just didn't want to make changes because the, the person was making a little bit, a little enough money that they didn't, it didn't bother them. And, and back at then, there was only one sports station, so the ratings were pretty good for anybody in that slot.
2: That's what I mean, though. But you could always do better. Sure, you could pay someone less and get a better product.
0: You want to hear a great Ted story? Yeah, I did a, a guest spot on his show when I was working at Nick as a matter of fact. And I went to uh, his show at night, and I sat there. <laughs> and we were talking about something, and he's using his thumb. He's picking his nose oh, no. or, and talking to me. While he's talking to me, he's picking his nose with his thumb and rolling them up and putting the boogers on a newspaper that was sitting <laughs> in front of him. We did a half-an-hour segment, and he must have had six boogers on there <laughs> that he had rolled out of, his th- out of his nose and rolled up. And then I said, well, I wonder what he's going to do with those boogers. So the, the break happens. They go to a commercial. He picks up the newspaper, walks over to the garbage can, taps it into the garbage can so that he could put the newspaper back down there again and use it for the next six boogers or whatever. That was show a, prep.
1: A, a teddy.
0: It's a, anyway, but uh, you and I worked starting in 92, right? And, uh, May That's of when, 92. So here's some highlights. I want you to comment on some of these really weird highlights, and there's a lot of them, of weird things that happened. Do you remember the drunk midget wrestler from Maine who... Because we, we brought in all kinds. We had fat karaoke singers. We, I mean, we, we brought in anybody, really, literally anybody who would do the show. We brought them in. Do you remember the midget wrestler who was drunk, who could twist his legs backwards and walk, walk forwards, but with his feet turned behind him, and he was red-faced, little redneck, and it was the night we had Tony Atlas on. Do you remember that? I remember Tony
2: Atlas. I don't With the remember huge the huge arms, little, you know. Uh, yeah, I remember Tony Atlas. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember the little person. Well, maybe you
0: know. this will refresh your memory. The little midget was about two foot three. We put him up on the desk in front of Tony Atlas, who was our guest, and you know Tony Atlas, a huge, yeah. gigantic guns on this guy, nice guy. The guy walks over in front of him and he starts giving him shit, and Tony Atlas is like saying, "Why don't you?" He says, "Why don't you sit down and shut up?" And the guy says, "Why don't you go back and pick cotton?" Oh, do you remember that? And then they yeah. show my face. It's horrified. They they show me. I'm like, oh, like this. And I thought Tony Atlas was going to just squish this guy for the racist comment. He didn't. He just he didn't. He shrugged it off. But I'm thinking, you can't say that. On, yeah. This is the 90s, right? Yeah. But he's walking across the desk. He sit on top of the desk. We we get people like that and all. The time. You don't remember them?
2: <laughs> barely. And they uh barely. I may have I may have blacked that one out. I mean, because that was that 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 yeah. That's Tony ter- Atlas. Yeah, to- yeah. That's brutal.
0: And the guy yeah. was from Maine. He but he said he had the accent. You know, why don't you go pick? Oh, yeah. And Tony yeah. Atlas just laughed. I mean, he didn't even care about. It. Um, we had some bad guests. We had The Rock though. We had The Rock before he was famous. Before yeah. he was famous, uh, Rocky Malavie Malavie yeah Yep. Uh, Robert Vaughn
1: was the man from UNCLE. Now, Don't you, talk about the man from UNCLE. Is this the story? This is, I love this. This is great.
0: This was was great because I was a huge man from UNCLE uh, fan. You were. And Larry Haber, the camera guy, who mm-hmm. sounded like uh, Pooh Bear when he talked. Hello there. I wish I could have a jar of honey. This is exactly how he talked. We had him all set up. You and I set him up to mm-hmm. bring out his, his man from UNCLE lunchbox and his mm. album for Robert Vaughn to mm. sign. Now, mm. At that time, Robert Vaughn was doing like... Uh, Big time. Salomon Mark E. Salomon commercials. And, yes. and He was there on behalf of First Alert Fire Detectors. And That's <laughs> all he wanted to talk about that in his new movie. And all we wanted to talk about was Man From U.N.C.L.E.
2: Ilya Kuryaki.
0: Right. So he comes out. First thing he says to us is, now I don't want to talk about the Man From U.N.C.L.E. <laughs> I said, well, you know, in my mind, I'm going, well, the show's planned. It's live. It starts in 10 minutes. Guess what? You did show prep. (laughs) Guess what? (laughs) So he comes out. First thing I say to him is, so how's Elia? (laughs) He looks at me with this look like, didn't I just tell you not to talk? He says, David McCallum is fine. And he indulged the question. And then here comes Larry Haber with his fucking lunchbox. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Mr. Vaughn. Can you sign this for me? (laughs) So... We're dying now, because I know Robert Vaughn's is never going to come back again. You know, he's in town for an autograph show, right? Something like that. Yeah. So he, we get up, we, do, we leave the interview, and we did the obligatory picture with everybody you with know, their arm around each other. And the picture is me smiling, and whoever was smiling, and Robert Vaughn's in the middle with this look on his face like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. And this was my, one of my, you know, when I was 12, he was like my hero. I said, oh, that's the end of that. But live TV. You can do that to people. Yeah. And we did it to, we got it done to us a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, the live phones were like the...
2: Oh, yeah, we used to get people calling all the time and just, just, just uh, pranking and swearing and doing... And, uh, and and interviews turning sour, too. I mean, I remember Bernie Carbo turning an interview, kind of talking about his... Suicide. You know, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> like just You know, he if you didn't watch the, the show, you know, he, he took the opportunity, you know, the show was very lighthearted. And, you know, you know, Mike would goof around, and he would be making fart jokes and, and all kinds of, you know, childish actual things. Actual farts. Yeah, actual farts, <laughs> fart jokes, and all, you know, burping and belching, and, you know, it was like a frat house. And then Bernie Carbo comes on and starts talking about how he wants, you know. Shoot was, himself at home
0: plate. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was
2: Dude.
0: tough. He had he had issues, you know. He was the nicest guy in the world, but he had serious.
1: Yeah. But hold on, I never saw that episode. How did he handle that?
2: oh he rolled with it mike's a pro yeah. i mean like he really is a pro oh. but i mean it was just a downer i said you know what can
0: you any way you could do it on this show instead of at home plate you No, know, no he was a friend of mine you know yeah. and a friend of bill lee's and, and a really nice guy but yeah you know he would tell you a joke <laughs> i remember this down this uh, he was uh not smart wonderful guy but not smart he said, hey, 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 Mike, I got a good joke. And I go, What is it? He goes, You know that guy, uh um Buckwheat from uh the uh the young rascals. You remember them? Remember him, Buckwheat? And I go, yeah. He said, Did you hear that he's turned term, turned Muslin? Muslin with an N. I said, No, Bernie, I didn't hear that. He said, Yeah, now they call him Karima wheat. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah. And he laughed like that. You know what? What are you going to do? It's Bernie Carbo. You know he hit that home run and is seventy-five. We and we love him. Yep. Um, we had the Love Boat cast on the whole Love Boat cast, including the Stubing, Doctor. Uh, I mean, uh, Captain, Cap- Stubing. Captain Stubing. Captain Yeah. We had Adam Twelve. You you booked both Martin Milner and Kent McCord. To come in, remember I the did. Adam Twelve guys.
2: You remember things? I don't. I, yeah, I don't remember. These are all things that were meant a lot to you. I think they were great. <laughs> the one Adam Twelve cast. I don't they know. They were great. Yeah, yeah, right. You, know, you do remember but, Okay, but, no, great, but, good job. How about
0: when Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan called in? That was good because yeah.
2: that was in the height of when she got whacked by yeah. Tanya Harding. She was in hiding in her house in Stoneham. Yeah, yeah Tanya Gate was
0: right in the middle yeah. of the thing, you know. And she she called into our. She, she watched
2: the show. Everybody was trying to get her to
0: do any interview at all, and she called us, and talked for a while. It was great. It was mm-hmm. great publicity, uh, uh, for us as well. How about when we went uh, to New Orleans and we did about nineteen different stories, drunk?
2: Why, well, I, <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's the thing about New England Cable News. They would, ask you guys, they would ask Mike to do a zillion things. They would work you to the bone. And, you know, we didn't know any. I didn't know any better. And, and Mike was just, you know, by the what time 11 o'clock rolled around, he was just dead. And, uh, you know, you they they, they had no budget. And you're dealing with guys at other channels at the time. I can say this because I don't care. I don't think you care anymore no, either, do you? I You're certainly like, don't care. Yeah. Do. <laughs> so there were, like, like, guys on other channels, like 4, 5, and 7. Like, Bob LaBelle was always a very nice man. Yep. He was, like, such a cool guy yep. and Good a very guy. nice person. But then there were guys like Mike Dowling, who was just a cock. <laughs> he was just a dick. And, like, he would always, like, make, like, a snide comment to you. And I would always be like, dude, you, like, do, like... A minute a day? You work like a minute a day on the air. Like, what are you being a dick to me? I'm like 22 years old. I'm like you give me I, shit I make five dollars an hour. Why are you giving me why are you being mean? Like what are you right. like I work at New England Cable News. They look down at us. They they thought we were triple A. That's what they would say. They would they would say that to your face, like you're triple A. I'm like, why like you just being a bully? And by the way, you have no talent. <laughs> like, like at the time, I knew he had no talent. Like, like he, he wasn't funny. He wasn't talented. Yeah. He did, would do every, st- he would do like a stand-up and then Weekends, throw a fight. Like, yeah, yeah, me, we... but these guys were jerks <laughs> and this is who you're competing against and we had to do like six or seven Live I mean, shots every day. Live shots a day. Yeah. And they but, wouldn't even give you the time of day, these guys. Like, if you needed a hand with something or if you missed a sound bite because you're running around like a jerk. or yeah, they'd anybody...
0: say, oh, AAA wants something from us. You know, yeah. Oh, they're they bothering just... us again for something. But there were a lot of nice but We were doing 24-hour people. news. You know, we had a lot of time to fill. There's yeah. no qu- I mean, Mont Fennel used to do seven-minute pieces. Remember Mont, the business reporter? Yeah. We had a guy named Mont Fennell. Uh, <laughs> yes, of the fennel fennels oh, huh. and, oh and mont would uh mont was kind of like a, ah. a young version of Thurston howell the third Ooh. and he would do these long stories about something because back then they had no limits They said, we got 24 hours go ahead do it. six minutes oh about some bank opening somewhere <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> uh, that's really great um uh, and uh mont uh was I, I don't know whatever happened to him is he still around I don't know. Yeah. See, I don't. He, keep that's in touch short from Montclair. You know, sadly, Roy Hobbs passed away. Roy Hobbs was the the uh, the African American, the uh, yeah, African American anchor man that we had at uh, NECN. Nice guy. Very we, nice we hung man. out with him a lot, a lot, and we really loved Roy Hobbs. And he he was a lot of fun. But there was one clip of him where he used to use product on his hair. You know, I don't know it, was, it was called, Afro Sheen or something that made his hair look really good, yep. and he had that all over his hair and s- s- a huge. I mean, really huge bumblebee was in the studio <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. and it crawled from one side of his head. He didn't even know because oh. he couldn't feel it. It was crawling across his head while he's doing, <laughs> he's doing the news. from one side to the
2: other. This huge, yeah. it was like tremendous outtake. It's like what happened to Mike Pence at the debate. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That happened. But I saw Roy, these, some of these guys, like that's like somebody with talent, like, like what Mike had. A lot of these guys, and Bill, probably you've seen this before, a lot of radio guys from back in the 70s, like mm. Mike and, and, and you and, and this guy. Roy was one of these guys. I saw that guy in a snowstorm, anchor a newscast, without <laughs> a teleprompter. He had, like, scripts. He's the coolest thing I ever saw. So this guy, Roy Hobbs, he was about, what was he, 6'3", something like yeah, that? Yeah, big Tall, big tall dude. He's wearing like a leathered coat in a snowstorm, standing outside. And he's standing with a... Yeah, leather coat. Okay. And he's got like scripts, just, just scripts, no, no prompter. And he's throwing to stories, one camera, like there's some camera guy that No prompter. And throws to a story, smokes Benson and Hedges, <laughs> and then hands it to an intern who's holding the cigarette for him. And when the package comes, when the when the story ends, and he's back on camera, he hands a cigarette to the intern. It was the most amazing yeah. thing I've ever seen in so my life. Total control. This guy was so smooth. Yeah, smooth. it was yeah. the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. He was a
0: good anchor, and, and he we, and he had a great sense of humor. And we used to call him Ted Blackster. <laughs> and he 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 didn't care. You know, he, was, he wasn't. A, he kind of, but he he really he was he was a cool guy to hang around. He knew a little bit about everything. And he just passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah, years passed so away ago.
2: a few years ago. But I don't think that that that. Talent like that, I think, like, a lot of the reason that you're so good and that a guy like Rory was so good, and I don't think a lot of people are like that anymore in broadcasting, is that they don't have that radio mm-hmm. experience anymore. You probably would agree, Bill, I, yeah. I think, right?
1: I've always also felt that the people who are on television, if they've had a radio background, they're more interesting for some reason.
0: Well, I mean, they've they've had more practice, you know, uh, using the gift of gab, mm. you know, Uh so we didn't. Get, no, the phone didn't ring. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to. How about the time? This is. I mean, really these are great memories. <laughs> you set up a deal at King Richard's Fair. I for, did. Yeah, for us to go down and and I wrote an elephant down. King Richard's Fair. You know what? Yeah, in, I know in, in a Massachusetts. Oh, that's
2: right. Yes.
0: And and they he set me up for this fake jousting piece. Yeah. Now the jousting, these they had actual jousters that would go run at each other with the horses and knock each other off the horses. Yep. So they dressed me exactly like one of them, and they showed the guy riding toward the other guy. And then he knocked him off the horse, and then we had him lay right, right where he landed, face down in the mud. He just laid down there. Me, I come in dressed exactly like him. I lay down in his mud imprint. So now they, they do a cut there, obviously, and it looks like that I was doing the jousting because they would showed me get on the horse and all this other stuff. <laughs> totally fake, you know, totally... Uh, and it, it, But it looked real. In the end, it looked like I got jousted off the horse and landed in the mud, which is total bullshit. And I, I, t- I interviewed the MGM lion. And we See, we did weird stuff. I rode an elephant. I mean, it was a great thing, you know, to be able to go down there with a camera and just do whatever you want. And the guy says, the king, he says, are you ready, Othello? Yes, I'm ready, your your highness. Are you ready, Michael? I said, I'm scared shitless, sir. <laughs> and they bleeped it out. We, we used to put in stuff like that all the time, though, because we had that kind of show where we could do
1: it. And, uh, and Again, this all boils down to talent on the part of both of you guys because with so many iPhones out there right now and so everybody many opportunities
0: it. for people to create their own little videos, right. most of them suck. But they see the reason they didn't like us and our show, uh, I don't know about us, but they didn't like me, <laughs> was that. That show wasn't supposed to exist on an all-news channel. It was too weird, you know. <laughs>
2: well, it kept the channel alive.
0: It did for a little while, yeah. and then and then they, bow, you know, I think it was six years, six-year run we have of that show. But they didn't, uh, they didn't want that show. The the boss, Phil Balboni, felt that we didn't just didn't fit in with what they
1: were try, trying trying well, to do. He you know? went on to Channel Five, didn't he? He was Channel Five bef- before that. Before, before that, yeah. okay.
2: Yeah, he he runs a. Uh... Uh, international news thing now, wow. something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Was, oh, that his thing. pants all the way up to his nipples. He, he puts his pants up so high.
1: You should go there and apply for a job, Mike. <laughs> and as soon as he sees you, no, I, bring actually, back all these warm memories. Once
0: I quit being a, <laughs> once I quit being a bad person and a, tr- a druggie, I wrote him a note saying, you know, I'm remarried now. I mean, how about we do something? And he wrote back. He says, I think I should be completely. Handed with you, oh. this, totally honest. He says we both survived the the Adams era here. I think we should just leave it at that.
1: Oh
2: man, I remember hanging out at spring training with you and Keith Oberman oh. was talking to us. Yikes. Okay, right, right. So Keith Oberman and I was maybe twenty three at the time, and, and, and at the time Keith Oberman and Dan Patrick were like these big, huge, the big show. Yeah, yeah. So Keith Oberman talks is talking to us because he used to watch the show because. Bill Pito, your side, the sidekick at the time had just gone down there and he's like, and he's talking to us and we're like, and I'm sitting there going like, wow, Keith Oberman is talking to me and asking me all these questions about and, Pito. And, and so then eventually he wouldn't leave us alone. And it's like, this fucking guy won't leave us alone. He was he's following us, fuck us out of here yeah, yeah. everywhere. Like he turned into like, and he was like the biggest star in sports broadcasting yeah, the ESPN, at the time. Yeah. It was like hanging out. Yeah. And I'm like, this This guy, is like... He, got, he, he was being a pest. <laughs> he's a <laughs> pest. Get the hell out of here, man. And he would say he'd smoke a pipe. He would be out there smoking a pipe. We're, like, we're trying to oh, shake him. He's towards one of those guys. Like, we were guys. trying
0: to shake him, and he wouldn't leave us. He's creepy. More, I want more stories about pedo. He'd say, you know, remember he kept... He was obsessed with Bill Pedo. Yeah. It was like two hours. I was like, dude. Uh, I was like, we got to get out of here. It's Keith Overman, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he was a, uh, a pain in our ass that time. So how about when, when this is a fun, a fun story. Florida, we go to Florida. Do you remember Dick Robinson, you know, from the Connecticut Dick School? Dick Robinson, yeah. yep. Dick Robinson tracks us down at the La Quinta. In Fort Myers. It was you and me and we had a camera guy. Too they right? always
2: put us at the best places. Yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> they put us at the, like,
0: La Quinta. Hey, where's the mint on the pillow? Hey, wait a minute. Where's the pillow? <laughs> <laughs> so we're at La Quinta. So Dick Robinson comes across from West Palm Beach where he had his yacht and his, his mansion. He comes over to visit with us and, and hang around with us while we're doing our shooting. And first we went to Taco Bell. Now, Dick Robinson's a very well-off guy. You know, he's obviously, and he's a very funny guy. He owns the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Yes. Yep. Uh, and we drive, we drive to the to uh, the Taco Bell, and he's going to say, I'll pay for this. And he pulls out his... All he had on him, he didn't have a wallet. He just had a credit card in his pocket, just loose. So we go to the drive-thru. We order this stuff, and you ordered something... Volcano Taco. <laughs> super hot. Somehow, Dick Robinson, not only did he spill his large Pepsi, uh, diet Pepsi, he's wearing white Sailor Boy pants, you know, from the Yachtsman pants. He spills this medium Dr. Pepper or uh, uh, Diet Pepsi on his pants. So it looked like he had um, brown stain from his knee to his nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he had spilled it pretty good on there. And we're walking around on the beach. He had just had a a colonoscopy. Yes, he had a colon thing. uh, And he's eaten this volcano. By mistake, he's eaten Eric's hot. He's ah, Jesus Christ. He's he's hot. He's hot. He had a colostomy bag? No, he had an operation or something. He says, uh, he takes a bite. He goes, oh, Christ. He goes, this is hot. This is hot. We knew it was going to be twice as hot coming out of his butt. (laughs) So here he is. We go to the beach. And he's at, walking up to girls on the beach. Hey, why want not go on the TV? Mike Adams over here. And they got the camera. And he's, and he's walking up to them with a stain of poop. <laughs> a poop. Shit stain. stain. White <laughs> a shit dish. stain. And then he's got the He's going up to girls and
1: asking them. A, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <you> know, come <laughs> on
0: TV. And they're sitting, look at this guy with a straw hat, white pants <laughs> with a shit stain. <laughs> he shit <laughs> well, himself. You, it was so funny to watch him, though. Is he still alive? Yes. <laughs> he's 80-something now. He's, How old was he then? That was 30 years ago. Uh, yeah, he's probably you know sixty. I mean, I don't. I mean, he's, he's got to be eighty. He's born probably in the thirties. You know, I don't know. He was always trying to get
2: you to do things for free. It seems. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, was that right, know, or was he paying you, or, or, like or it. were we <laughs> trying to do something? But were, were, were you trying to get something, or was he trying to get? Yeah, something? Yeah.
0: Well, I wasn't trying to get a new scholarship to the Connecticut <laughs> School of Broadcasting <laughs> at that point. But yeah, he was. Uh, you know, he was. He he wanted to hang around with us, and every time I see him now, hey, Mikey, babe, how you doing? La quinta! (laughs) (laughs) He yells out, "La quinta!" Um, So Eric was very good at uh, at pranking and humiliating people when he wanted to. He was very, very good at it. And of course, I had an appetite for that kind of shit. I I have a sick, dark uh, sense of humor when it comes to that stuff. But one time, here's what Eric did to me. There's an intern there, and I say to the intern, "Can can you do me a favor? Go get me a snapple or just like that." Mm. And Eric says, "You don't even know his name, do you?"
2: Any of the interns' names. You didn't know any of them. I said, and I didn't want to get embarrassed. So I said, yes, I do. Yeah, I know his name.
0: Oh, you said, so what's his name?
2: <laughs> I used to offer you money. Right in front of the I kid. would say, if you know any of these kids' names, $20 for each of them. Yeah. I would give you $20 right. if and you I, knew any of their names. I'd,
0: say, I'd guess. I'd guess. Yeah. Bobby. No, no, it's not. <laughs> Everybody knew I was an asshole. But this is the kind of thing he would do. He gets you real good when you, were, when you weren't thinking about it. Uh, the other thing that you had that, uh, that made this show great to me was the endings you would somehow call <laughs> the weirdest shit you've ever seen off the satellite and we
2: would end our show with it like they did later they they would do that on the daily show later yeah the yeah, right. moment yeah. of they copied, yep. they, copied they copied you they copied
0: us yeah oh that us it wasn't my idea you did all that it was great but you'd see Iranian women in bathing suits bouncing on a trampoline with their boobs jumping up and down you'd see uh, a Japanese guy singing soprano music—you know, just just weird shit—that you'd find somewhere—and we we'd close the show with it, and it was always back timed exactly to end right when the right when the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> that dead, was absolutely, dead roll. You just called a dead roll.
0: I liked the end of the show not because I get to get to go home, but because it was the funniest part of the show was the <laughs> endings. What came was, on after your show? Norm Risha. Norm Reisha. on Friday
2: nights. <laughs> Norm Risha, uh, who was. Um, uh, uh fat. A, <laughs> yeah, He was very fat. He was Lebanese and he was... Fat and Lebanese. Fat and Lebanese. And his father, Norm, got his money. I, I I was just telling Mike this upstairs in your house. Norm got his money because his father created or invented... Did you ever go to like a Dick's Sporting Goods or a, yeah. the circular things that they put the clothes on hangers yeah hangers whatever they're called yeah yeah norm's dad invented L- those, those racks racks. Yeah. yeah okay the clothing rack invented that is in a, that the round the, rack the, the round ones yeah, yeah. yeah not the straight ones just the round ones what a great invention and he made a killing on it yeah that's where norm got his money may he rest in peace norm is no longer norm is not, has passed away I went out to have chicken wings with him one time and I swear to god he had 50 of them. <laughs> I'm not kidding,
0: kidding. It was like it was like there was like uh uh Paul Newman in uh, Cool Hand Luke. I could eat 50 eggs. He I saw him eat 50 chicken wings. And he wouldn't just eat the the bone would be to- totally clean when he put it back down on the dish. The bone would be totally stripped of everything, gristle, elbow joints, whatever was in there. He was <laughs> He did fifty. <laughs> I saw him do it, but he was a real nice guy, Norm And I can't say another bad word about him because that's not fair. He's not here to. He's not here to protect himself. What What would he say about you? About you? I don't know. We got along pretty good, you know. He would say, "If you only prepared." That's right. <laughs> it's always the if that comes first. Um, you know, we did a, a karaoke thing. You know, I've always been big with the karaoke. In fact, we got Joe and Jerry coming in to do a little karaoke here in a few minutes. That's here, that's right. But back then we did it. We'd bring in the karaoke dude, and he took himself way too seriously. We had a, a karaoke guy who used to do bars.
2: Oh, um, the Frank Sinatra guy, old blue thighs. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Yeah, he'd come in, and we'd had, and we'd we'd have a contest. And the semi finalist who was going to return the following week was this fat, which she had to be about three hundred fifty pound woman. And you know what she was singing? Waterloo by Abba. <laughs> You remember that? Yeah, it was so awful. And she's dancing, and she's fat. I mean, she's fucking huge, and she's singing Waterloo. And I'm thinking, what? With all her heart, she's singing. Sports show. We
1: got
0: (laughs) got fat karaoke chick singing Waterloo, and you say, well, that—that's what people came to expect on the show. Was not not the usual stuff, you know. And we had to continually fulfill that obligation with oddities, well, and strangers. T- the uh, I, Eric one time showed me that he had an incredible talent for this. this I remember this vividly. You used, used to sing TV theme songs. You'd put words to instrumental TV theme songs.
2: Oh yeah, because we would run those commercials.
0: Yes, and but you and you,
2: <laughs>
0: it was always like uh, think one I remember you doing. <laughs> Hill street blues, hill street blues, hill street blues. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, and then I think I got my own from when I was a kid I used to do the same thing. Like uh ready? I'm ready. Genie, <clears throat> I dream of genie, genie. I dream of genie, genie. Uh, you know, you put in your own words, right? Do you have any fresh ones for us? Uh, no, <laughs> no, I don't have any fresh ones
2: for you Mike. Then. That's okay. That's
0: really. too bad. You know, you're so you're so creative with so all who these was the
2: reality surprise shows call supposed to be. What happened to well, him? Well, just tell me who it was supposed uh, to I be cuz they're it's not going to P- call. P- who was it supposed
1: to? Want me to call oh, him? Oh, Pedo. Yeah, like,
2: I, I got a text
0: right here back and forth from him. He, he going he call me. He's going to call oh, that me that at five fun. No, that's 5:30. Right. And you know, I know he's working for MSG. Maybe they're making demands of him. Mm. Yeah, they probably are. They can't possibly. Oh, that's all right. So, tell us what is going on with uh, with Hot Snakes Media. What's the newest greatest thing that people should watch?
2: Uh, I have Pig Royalty. That's on That's on uh, Discovery+. Plus and uh, that's a great show. Yeah. There's the season two of that now. now does anyone in that
0: ever actually have sex with a pig?
2: No. They don't, but no, it's a really good show, and it, a lot of people watch it. And it's well, it, I'll be the judge of that like, when I watch it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they don't have sex on, it, I mean, I watch it for long. <laughs> no, but you you will like it. You should really, really watch it. It's a really, really good show. It's one of the most popular shows on Discovery Plus. And you you would, if you like, like entertaining, kind of crazy, weird Texas yeah. subcultures, well, you'll you'll really.
0: My twelve year old Willie loves pigs. Honest to God, that's and that's not a joke. He has pictures of pigs ever since he was three
2: I, on his bedroom wall. I promise you your wife will love that show. Really? Prom- I promise you.
0: Yes. I promise you. And then... Um, she liked, I know she likes uh, at least one hog.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> and then also oh, on Discovery boy. Plus, I have a show called Mysterious Creatures, which is uh, a cool show about animals, um, animal, human and animal wildlife conflict, which um, is great because it's not preachy and it's with that guy you like Ben forrest Galante yep. and it's not preachy. Like a lot of these wildlife shows are like with some bullshit celebrity. Oh yeah in the a global boat. warming. And they it's have some message for you. Yes, it's not Brad preachy, Pitt in you know. Mongolia. And Extinction. they don't go anywhere. They're in a voiceover booth in Hollywood and they don't do anything. And this is all entertaining, kinda like Indiana Jones and it's a lot of fun and it's uh it's a great show and especially you can watch it with your kids you can watch it alone what network's that discovery plus discovery plus discovery plus yep. is like their netflix type of platform Would if you, you have say, Verizon, you get it for free so how, how,
1: what what changes have you seen in the in the streaming and the and the, the cable industry if you want to call it yeah. cable in the last 5 years or so
2: well Streaming's good because, like, uh, you don't have to keep your show to a certain length. Mm Kind of like a podcast, right? It's the same thing as a podcast and with radio, with you, right? When Mm -hmm. you you used to have to do teases, you used to have to do, um, you know, act breaks and, like, hook them to the next commercial, you know, all that. Now you don't. Now with streaming, you can just do a show, can be however long it needs to be. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do all those cliffhanger teases. It's a little bit more mature, and you can just do a show. It doesn't have to be cut to a
0: half an hour, it can be 47 minutes if that's the show
2: like def you I have one show that's like 17 minutes I have another one that's 25 mm. you know and and same thing with pig royalty it can be like anywhere between 42 minutes and 47 minutes you know all these shows can be however long yeah. they need to be which is great
1: it's like yeah. it's like my bms so you never know but plus, how so you, long they're going to be you get to edit out anything that might be weak to the story <laughs> exactly right yeah so you get all the strong stuff you know when yeah. you watch a show on cable and they
2: have that that kind of bullshit beginning where you're getting fooled Will they find the treasure or won't? Oh, okay. well, you know they're not going to find the treasure. That's right. You know they're not going to find Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. You know they're not going to find, you know, just because they asked, you know. <laughs> yeah. you, you, yeah. you, it's all BS. Are but they ever going to get to the bottom of Oak Island? That's what I want. You know. don't have to do that yeah. with, with these streaming shows. They're a little bit more honest, they're a little bit more, but they're still just as entertaining. So mm-hmm. that's the biggest difference, mm-hmm. you know? So And the budgets go down. So the other big thing is the budgets are all going down in television because there's so many shows. But again, I worked. With no budget hmm. in the beginning, of my career. Yeah. Not That's only did I work with no budget, I didn't get paid. <laughs> so, <laughs> it it didn't was, you a know, budget for the producer. Yeah. yeah, like there was so no budget that I didn't get paid. Yeah. So, and I remember going into that office one day that we won an Emmy award, and, and Charlie Kravitz said, "You know, Eric, um, we decided we're going to pay you on Fridays um, for just eight hours, five dollars an hour." <laughs> <laughs> so I was working. You know, so it was one day a week. You know, but so, but anyway, but I'm used to being really. Creative with getting but, stuff done, so like the budget being lower doesn't really affect
0: me. as No, much if as there's as anybody that, that can handle, show. you know, and, and you prove that uh, doing yeah. a show with no no budget, no trained personnel, talent. Uh, well, you know, honestly, but uh, can I tell? Can I just say this? That show we had that was funny and it was great and it was nuts. He was the show.
2: Hmm. Like, he fed But that's the not whole, true, though.
0: No, right? but you know what? I, I mean, that's obviously. You being, that's I, you being kind,
2: but that. that no, I you, appreciate that. I, but I took the handoffs true. from you, though, and I ran with the ball. But, but that's, these guys know. And people who listen to the podcast know how funny you are. So, I mean, but that's nice of you to you, say but
0: come You on. really were the creative force behind that show. And, and uh, you know, and I thank you for that. As a matter of fact, Eric, who now is one of the more successful purveyors of uh, programming in America, uh, at the time was a 19 uh, year old. Pen chewing. He, he used to chew pens. He'd be so like wound up, and he'd bust the pen, and it'd, it'd be there'd be, it'd be uh, ink in his mouth. <laughs> Won't do that it'd, it'd again. Happened a lot. It happened a lot. And spit it,
2: would come out of the pens. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But uh, oh.
0: it was unbelievable. You know the the amount of work that he did, and I I honestly at the time I was a, you know kind of a messed up person. I had a lot of weird stuff going on in my personal life, so I didn't contribute till I got there at eleven o'clock. You know, and that's the only time I could. But uh, I thank you for that. I'm proud of what you're doing, and you're doing great things. And you're—it's uh, just the beginning for you. So uh, good luck to you. Thanks, man. Unbelievable, Thanks, unbelievable career you've had, and and again, starting with zero budget whatsoever. Eric Evangelista, look for all of his stuff on on uh, every cable station there is. You probably got a show on every cable cable network, don't you? Um,
2: I have, I have <laughs> in my career, yes.
0: Yeah, you've had one on every single one, so they all know you. Mm-hmm. God, I can't wait you till they that? let me do that nude ballerina tutu thing I wanted to you do. You said you weren't going to talk about that. Oh, no, I'll, I'll wait till I wait till it uh, is shot first.
2: <laughs> Thanks for being here, Eric. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys.
0: And we got a song here from Joe and Jerry because we always close with a little bit of karaoke. And here's one for you from Johnny Cash. <laughs> you ready, Joe? Yeah. I was toting my pack along the dusty Winnemucca Road, Joe, when along came a semi with a high and canvas-covered load. If you're going to Winnemucca, Mac, with me you can ride. So I climbed into the cab and settled down inside. He asked me if I'd seen a road with so much dust and sand, and I said, listen. I've traveled every single goddamn road in this here fucking land. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert's bare, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Mattawa, La Paloma, Bangor, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Tocopilla, Beckerilla, I'm a killer. I've been everywhere, man. Even Shaw's. Across the deserts, rare, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Boston, Charleston. Yeah, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston, Tessacana, Monterey, Faraday, Santa Fe! Little Rock, Little Cock, Oskaloosa, Tennessee, Chicago, Chicopee, Pete's sake, what the fuck am I doing here? Get it together, Joe. This is your chance. I breathe mountain air, man. Travel I've had my share, man. Got no pubic hair, man. I've been to Louisville, Nashville, Knoxville, Umbaka, Shefferville, Jacksonville, Waterville, Costa Rica, Pittsfield, Springfield, Shreveport, Hackensack, Cadillac, Fond du Lac, Davenport, Idaho, Jellicoe, Argentina, Diamondina, Pasadena, Canada, see what I mean, huh? I've been everywhere, man. Where are you these days, troop? You had to bring that up, didn't you, Joe? I don't have a gig. It's because you suck. I've been to Pittsburgh, Parkersburg. Gravelberg, Colorado, Ellisburg, Roxburg, Vicksburg, El Dorado, Laramore, Havistraw, Chattanooga, Chaska, Nebraska, Alaska, Kalamazoo, Kansas City, Sioux City, Cedar City, 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 not a pity, but titties. I like titties, Joe.